Welcome to Indie Game Business, where you'll learn to navigate the industry with ease. This show is produced by the Powell Group, the leading business consulting firm in the gaming industry. Visit us online at IndieGame.Business to learn about our online digital events. We have some amazing sessions with people in the gaming industry, and you can participate for free and purchase inexpensive passes to our industry-leading business-to-business system. Now, here we go, Indie Game Business. What's up, everybody? My name is Indy, and that gentleman right over here, that's Mr. J. Powell from Powell Group Consulting, and welcome to Indie Game Business. Today, we have our amazing guests, Carla and Kinsey, from Code Coven, and we are talking about Code Coven and the summer project or the summer program for with Facebook Gaming. Yeah, thank, thank you so much for having, having us. us. <laughs> Jinx, Carla, we gotta stop. I know. <laughs> yeah, so, I just have to give a shout out. I just love our new theme song, and that was from Show Wong. So Wong Audio. We have like a real theme song now, and it's not something we ripped off the internet that's going to get us you know dmca so um carla and kinsley welcome to the show so we always like to start out because nobody has the same you know answer to this and it's always something different i want each of you to go through how you actually got into the industry initially and then what you've done up to this point yeah that's a great question um I, I, I'll start because I think we'll tie it in the end. So I'll just do like a very brief um, overview of what I've done. Um, so I actually started, um, I was really in the academic like game studies area of, of all of video games. Uh, so during my undergrad, I studied that and media studies um, and then slowly learned more about um, educational games and games for public health and things like that. Um, got an internship in a studio that was working in that space. Um, and then after graduating, I joined uh, the summer program that Code Coven ran last year, um, which has kind of inspired uh, what we're running this year with Facebook Gaming. Um, and in doing that, I, I obviously met Code Coven and was able to join the team. Um, and so now I'm here working as a producer with them. Yeah. I'll talk about that later, I'm sure. <laughs> Carla? What about you, Carla? Yeah, um, so I actually started my career uh, in financial technology. I joked that I was selling my soul. I knew that I always wanted to be in a more creative space. I loved video games, so I really tried to hustle to break into the industry, which was, you know, and still is kind of notoriously difficult to do. But I started volunteering for some advocacy groups in London, like Bayman Games. And I actually think I had a very fortunate way of entering the industry because I was surrounded by a community of people that really cared about supporting people from marginalized backgrounds and them into the industry. So I had started to work on some personal projects. I actually did Code Coven's pilot Unity Development Bootcamp in 2019. So Kinsey and I are both Code Coven alumna and we're both back you know, supporting the team because we really love the mission and, and our experiences through it. But um, yeah, I ended up landing my first job at Square Enix as a product manager based in London. And that's kind of what I've been doing for the last couple of years um, in addition to continuing all of the advocacy work. 
All right, so I want to take a, a step back. Kids, you have a degree in game studies? <laughs> yeah, so sort of. That's a um, thing? It is. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's a whole field of academia I really recommend people look into if you're interested in. Um, it can be a subset of like, media studies or interactive studies, all these different studies. Um, so I got my, my main degree is in psychology, um, but I, I did my university had like certificate and minor programs. Um, and I studied, yeah, media studies through there. And that was game studies. So that, that's yeah. hilarious to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm still trying to get universities to do business classes and marketing courses. And we've already got, you know, game studies courses going on. Like, yeah. Right. Be a good one for me to go back and get anyway all right so that's not what we're talking about that's just mildly interesting uh and see everybody in chat's already asking which university has that degree <laughs> yeah i i went to uh i went to northwestern university and so that was one of their programs in their school of communications um but i think wow you're right everyone is asking i see now um <laughs> But yeah, I know there there are a couple of schools with really great media studies programs. Like I think NYU's got one. A lot of the California schools do. They're out there. So tell us a little bit. I mean, let's first start with Code Coven in general. What is Code Coven? What's the goal? What what does it do? And we'll go from there. Yeah, should I pick this up, Kinsey, and then you can- Yeah, I was gonna say. Okay, cool. Yeah, so the way that we describe Code Coven is, well, we call ourselves the first global games accelerator for underrepresented talent. And I guess the way that we kind of try and describe how we operate is we have a Triforce, um, which is the academy, the accelerator, and the teaching studio, we're calling it. And through the academy, we offer online courses such as our um, famous intro to game making course which has been fairly successful and this is really to reduce barriers to entry and support aspiring game developers who just you know don't know how to get started um, and then we uh, through the accelerator we offer programs such as the summer program which I, I know we're going to dig into a little bit more but that's to support people who already have a little bit of experience maybe want to get to that next level either um, get full-time roles in the industry or self-publish their own games or find you know, um, find funding for to, uh, but from publishers. So either become entrepreneurs or, um, or actually work in, in, in different studios. And then the teaching studio is a way for us to partner with existing studios so that our students and participants can actually work on projects that are live or in development. So we really focus on a holistic approach, not just g giving like the technical and soft skills, but also making sure that people get practical experience and actually have that relevant, um, well, yeah, for experience to be able to s succeed in the industry. Mm -hmm. So from that, you've, you've got the, you did the summer program last year, obviously. And this year you've gone out and partnered with, with Facebook to get this done. So how did the, all of that come about? What did you learn from last year? There's a lot of questions we can get into here, but let's just talk. All right. So first, so, so what are you doing during the summer program? Yeah. So, oh, sorry, Carla. I don't want to. No, go ahead. That's, I, I was going to say, please go ahead. <laughs> totally. Um, so, yeah. So this year, um, yeah, we were partnering with Facebook gaming to do 
uh, and a loving 11 week long incubator for, again, like Carla said, developers who are kind of at that entry level or looking to transition into the industry, maybe from a different discipline or um, yeah, another another industry. Um, and it's, it's a very holistic look uh, for everything but that has to do with game development, really from, from pre-production and prototyping all the way through um, pitching the publishers, doing crowdfunding, um, what live ops and live dev could look like. And the goal really is to uh, bring in all this like incredible talent who otherwise might not have, you know, the access and the networking and all of these, these things you kind of need to break into the industry, which you don't always have before breaking into the industry. Um, and delivering it also with this this package of of you know deep community care and investment in their their well being and their growth as people, um, and so I think that's something that Code Coven really specializes in and focuses in is you know we want to help you succeed and do great at your art um, or or your business, but we also want you as a person to you know be thriving, um, and so I think that kindness kind of bleeds through everything that we do. Um, and so the summer program, yeah, is really a, a crash course in everything um, and is a really great opportunity for these entry-level developers to, to make the connection, make a game that they're excited about and, and help um, figure out what their next step and what their trajectory is going to look like. So would you get started when somebody comes into the program? Are there different tracks or specialties that they can look at or is it, you know, everybody takes the same course load for the for the summer yeah so the way that we curate the cohorts is actually we band together the the multidisciplinary teams so throughout the application process we will determine or the application review process rather we will determine you know everybody's interests and backgrounds and try and put together teams and curate them so that uh, people are working and collaborating with peers that have similar goals so that they can create their projects based on you know shared experiences and um and objectives so that's kind of but in terms of following the same track yes uh, as kinsey alluded to like we take the cohort through a traditional uh, well condensed burden of a, you know a game dev life cycle so starting from pre-prod through to launch and um we have milestones um so you know every few weeks We'll get mentors to come in and review the milestone deliverables, so it, it kind of simulates that real industry experience. Real industry experience is not necessarily a wonderful thing sometimes, but that's yes, that's um, that's what that's what we're trying to fix. So, is it is it all online? Is it what is it based out of? How is it actually? What are the the logistics involved? Yeah, so it's entirely online, um, uh, and 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 was you know Code Coven's always been an online and remote based you know boot camp, um, and so the structure of the summer program with Facebook Gaming is um, thirty hours per week, and a couple of those hours are dedicated right to these sessions with our guest lectures or our workshops where you're you're learning these skills or getting feedback on your work, um, and the rest is completely flexible with your team. Um, so we as, as part of the program, you know, we talk about team agreements and, and what, you know, healthy work-life balance could look like. And we help teams kind of set up what is that regular working schedule that's going to work for you. Um, while also, again, having like that hard stop and, and having um, 
a, a clear end of day so that everyone you know we're very we're very pro rest uh, as well as you know learning and making incredible work so yeah it's, it's a mix of schedule and a lot of flexibility so yeah that's a lot 30 hours a week that's um mm -hmm. is it all live or are there aspects of recorded or how is that st structured yeah so we sorry <laughs> carla and you no, want to please go ahead. No, go ahead. you're doing great um <laughs> thanks carla um so yeah it is um the, the co-working and like the individual hours you're spending on your project. Um, no one's required to like log in or, or you know, report or clock in. It's definitely like kind of self-regulated. Um, the sessions themselves are live and, and mandatory so that you get to, you know, meet the guest lecturer or, or work with us, ask questions. Um, and then we do record them as well so that the cohort can regularly refer back um, as they're doing their work. Um, but yeah, it is, it is, we decided on 30 hours, um, so that it's a, a full-time or almost a full-time project. Um, and for that reason, we also are including a stipend for all the cohort members to kind of rate, to compensate them for some of their time and, and hopefully allow them to, yeah, do the program. All right. Well, so that, that's awesome right there. So, so what is the stipend? How much, how much do they get? Mm -hmm. uh, she wants me to take this. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, yeah, for, for transparency, the, the court this year would receive um, 2,000 US dollars um, per participant for the program. And so going back to your previous question, Jay, about like how we ended up partnering with Facebook and um, what we did last year. So actually last year, um, Tara, the, the founder and CEO, Francesca, the head of curriculum, and myself, we wanted to be able to support um you know novice game developers whose career opportunities had been cancelled due to the pandemic we were finding that a lot of internships and other opportunities were cancelled and so we wanted to step in to be able to support and um and then francesca said yeah maybe we can run an accelerator program she had that experience from the nyu game center's um, incubator and we thought oh that would be amazing but how are we going to fund it like how you know because we'd also want to be able to to pay out the students and this was in april of last year so literally a year ago and we needed to raise all this money within a very short time frame and kind of hustled um to be able to do that and thankfully there were there was a lot of support from many studio sponsors and and partners and we were we were able to get there in the end but um we're very grateful now to be able to have uh facebook um who is supporting us for the for the entire cohort um so that i'm not losing too much sleep and <laughs> trying to find additional sponsors but um yeah i think that hopefully that answers your question i mean it, it does and... a lot of sleep I'm sorry, Dan. Go ahead, dude. I was just saying, I hope you got a lot of sleep. And then I was going to drop the next question, but go ahead. So the going out and finding sponsors is not an easy job. I know that from running our events as well. How did you, did Facebook come to you all or how did you get in Facebook involved in all of this? Yeah, I reached out to Facebook, uh, just cold contacted with my with my spiel, with, with the pitch and, you know, everything they wanted to do at Coven. And thankfully, they were really interested and aligned and are specifically trying to build out their diversity and inclusion programs with, with Facebook gaming specifically. And so they sponsored us last year um, to be able to support some scholarships for our intro to game making course. But they really loved the work that we were doing and said, you know, we really want to partner with you and co-create something together. And so 
we thought that actually mm-hmm. this is really well aligned. We want to do another summer program. And that was aligned with the demographics that they're trying to support as well. So I think overall, it was just good synergy and, and the timing was right. Mm-hmm. That's also All right. Go ahead, Dan. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, question here. We have one in this question uh, in the chat from John on Twitch says, if some is not marginalized gender, do they not qualify for the summer program? Yes, so the this program is specifically for anyone who uh, is a marginalized gender. Um, we do various programming um, that again kind of kind of targets these different underrepresented groups in the game industry to help support them. Um, and so they all have varying criteria. Um, but the summer program is for marginalized genders. I, I lost my next question. I have too many tabs open. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So there's a lot of stuff that, you know, where you can get educated in games. We, you know, we do that. There's constant numbers of of sessions and seminars and all of this stuff always going on. Why is this different? You know, what, what are you doing to take this whole program and this initiative to the next level? Yeah, um, that's a phenomenal question. And I think kind of what I touched on earlier, um, we are really focused on kind of like the the support for the rest of your career. Um, so joining in any Code Coven programming isn't, um, now you finished, now you're done, here's your certificate, goodbye. Um, I think we're really dedicated to to building that, you know, personal relationship um, and also being a resource for whatever your next step is, even, you know, 10 years down the line, you want to still be able to help people with their next project. Um, and so that that looks like, you know, we're helping teams practice publishing pitches or trying to connect them with new mentors as, as they, you know, find needs and things like that. Um, but also creating that community where they can help each other. Um, we, we were really, I think, like honored, blessed, amazed by how incredible our cohorts just have been because they are groups of people who are genuinely so dedicated to wanting to make this industry better for everyone. Um, and that means, you know, they have friendships with each other, but they're also helping each other out, sharing opportunities. And so, you know, really creating this ecosystem where the help doesn't doesn't stop at the end date. Um, and similarly, you know, you get to become a mentor if you would like to. And that's something that we also really stress is as you're learning and growing into the industry, you know, you never have to reach a certain stage to also help out other people. Um, so what does that look like? How can we help make good mentors and good leaders as well? Um, so yeah, I, I like to think, you know, as opposed to just taking a course um, and kind of being done with it, you're you're really signing into, um, if you should choose, obviously, uh, a community that's that's really there for you for as long as you need it to be. I totally Carla, I think you have thoughts. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, no. I, I I echo everything you're saying, Kinsey. I think um, we're not like some other, you know, boot camps that might just be turning out cohort after cohort. We really want to put a lot of time, thought, and effort into our community. And as Kinsey said, right, uh, that transcends beyond the graduation. And and I guess Kinsey and I are sort of case in point. We both went through programs or code coven programs ourselves as students and are now back supporting the community in terms of our mentor network too. We have, uh, at this point, I think almost 200 over 200 mentors globally from, you know, that, and they all hail from uh, studios ranging from indie to triple a, and they really 
are are, are amazing and and dedicate so much time and effort to to supporting all of our uh, students and you know they they can participate in bespoke workshops and presentations as well whenever um, a student asks for specific support with you know it could be some a, a very niche specialization we will try and find a mentor or someone you know in the community that can fill that gap and I think that's something that's really powerful that might not always be um, easily accessible or available in, in other programs plus we are you know going back to the previous question and conversation we are paying uh, most of our participants and and also making sure that we're making the courses as accessible as possible so the price point for the, something like the intro to game making course is not um from what we've seen compared to some other boot camps is like not remotely as much and then we're also trying to ensure that we can offer as many scholarships as possible mm -hmm. so one of the things that I really like about what you all are doing. And we just put the link in chat in all the chats, you know, for people to go to, this isn't something that's just like a fly by night. We're going to do it to see if it works and that sort of stuff. There are actual honest to God success stories on there that come out of, you know, the, the first summer program that you all did, you mm -hmm. you've got developers who are in talks to get uh, publishing deals. You got you know, folks who did the, camp and now they're you know working in the industry for somebody else so mm -hmm. i mean i think that is that's fantastic that you know you're actually got things to show for for what's been done and it's only you know one year old so uh, that's yeah that's just i think it's really 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 cool so you know over the course of that the summer are they actually going to be creating a game or is it just more class type stuff yeah, it's it's a, a an entire um, development cycle beginning to end. Um, so we we time our sessions to kind of be aligned with where they are in their development. Um, but I know, like, so my team, for example, in in this last summer program, um, we developed a game called Detours, um, and so we prototyped a couple games, picked this one, uh, built it out alpha through beta bug tweaking everything. Um, and then we were able to ship it, you know, only a couple of months after the program ended. Um, and so that was our personal goal. We, we, you know, we really wanted to self publish and learn what that process was like. Um, and we were able to do it. Um, and really almost all the main development happened during that program. Um, but I know, you know, even Tiny Baby Crown is working on this game Dungeon Crawler, and they're like going to continue developing it and are in talks to to pick a publisher. Um, and that was their goal from the get-go. So I think what's really amazing is everyone will have a game, you know, as a portfolio piece, if nothing else, but we're able to, as teams, kind of decide what our end goal is, and then Code Coven's like, great, we're going to get you there. Um, and I, I, yeah, I think it's it's cool to see that happening. Sorry, so how Kenzie, was that? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Carl. Oh, no, I was just going to say it, it cut out for me for a moment while Kinsey was speaking, so I'm not sure if she actually mentioned that her team published, uh, self-published their own game, which is, which I was trying to chime in and say earlier. So big kudos to, to Kinsey and her team because they were able to, to publish that within less than a year of uh, being finished the program. Mm -hmm. So that was actually leading into my next question. It's like, so you do the summer course and the summer boot camp, Kinsey, and mm -hmm. no matter how real you want to make it, there's, it's always, not exactly what you're going to focus, you know, face in the real world. What did you learn last summer 
that carried over successfully into self-publishing? And then, you know, mm -hmm. what did you learn by doing the self-publishing that you were like, oh, we didn't, we didn't think about that part. That's all. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, that's a great question. Um, so I definitely think um, Codecamon set us up really well, again, with walking us through, like, this is the process of, you know, getting on the steam and things you'll need. And these are marketing tips and strategies we encourage you to have. Um, but I know, I mean, one thing that our team really just wasn't prepared for was how much of a nightmare using Steamworks can be. Um, I don't know if any, if any of you have experience with it, um, but the, the, just the user interface is not, it is very confusing. Um, so, I mean, that's like a silly example. Um, but I think, you know, by and large, we, we knew what to anticipate really well. Um, and I think our goals were really for us to say, like, we've shipped this game, we're on Steam, I know how to put a game on Steam. Um, and so we weren't necessarily like, and I want to be on the front page and I want to do all of these things. So it was it was pretty streamlined. I don't think there was a huge like gap of knowledge. Um, but definitely just always in doing something, um, you always discover something new that no one could have even anticipated kind of giving advice on, right? Um, but that's, I guess, I, one thing that I do really appreciate about Code Coven is that they are setting you up with everything. And then inevitably, you'll find something that maybe you weren't anticipating. Um, but you can always still go back and be like, how, how would I deal with this now? Um, and we were able to do that throughout our entire process. And, and that is, that is so important to be able to, mm -hmm. one, just say you've shipped something. But then, two, learning Steamworks backend is not that's not a <laughs> yeah. trivial thing you know you if you don't know that no matter how good your game is and how good your market is if you don't know how to effectively put it on the store then you're pretty much mm -hmm. screwed you know so mm -hmm. it's it is one of those things and it's not like you know valve offers a lot of courses on this is you know how we post mm -hmm. something to steamworks so you know we did the uh Dan and I hosted the East Coast Game Conference last week, and it was a lot of students that were there. And that's one of the, the themes that came up during the course of time. It's like not only, you know, yes, you know, your degree is helpful, but at the same time, you have to have practical experience mm -hmm. shipping something and putting something on the market and, and going from there. So, I mean, is it do most of the folks coming in, are they looking at PC console games or you know, are there opportunities to learn about the mobile world as well? Because that's such a different world in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Carla, if you'd want to. Yeah, so um, absolutely. So most of our uh, participants in our accelerator programs have actually been developing across all platforms, primarily PC and console, but we do offer support for, for mobile d developers as well. And with this specific program, it will depend, of course, as we haven't curated the cohort yet, but I know that um, Facebook has an extensive partner network and they'll, they'll be bringing in a lot of experts within the industry to, to give workshops and classes as well. So as, you know, going back to my earlier point of saying that if there's a specific specialization or, or need or topic um, that's relevant to only a couple of participants, we'll still do the work to try and ensure that we support them um, we're running the accelerator for the IGDA Foundation right now, the Grant for the Web program, and people are also developing um, in XR for that as well. So it's uh, yeah, it's it, it's it's been cool to see that we're able to to help 
people develop across various platforms. We had Nika and Sarah on during our last conference, just prior to the big grant for the web. And I love them to death. They are absolutely mm -hmm. so entertaining. Um, so if, if someone out there has their own team, can they apply as a team or does only one person from the team need to apply or is everybody set up on randomized teams based on skill sets when they come in? How, how are the, the different cohorts actually created? Yeah, so it, it's kind of like how Carla talked about before of, of matching interests and, and disciplines to making sure we have these, these multidisciplinary teams that are also well aligned. Um, and I know in the past we we um, allowed for teams to apply uh, collectively, um, and this year we are having everybody do separate applications. Um, so that way we can again just kind of like best assess and best match everyone. Um, so if there are like preformed teams, um, we can't guarantee necessarily that you'll be applying as a bundle, um, but definitely part of the application process can be mentioning. I have this previous experience. I really enjoy working with these people. Um, and that's something that we'll be able to keep in mind when yeah, creating that cohort. And, and in many ways, that's a that's a good thing anyway, because it gets you, you know, if you've been working with the same team for, for weeks or months or, or years, it kind of gets you out of that comfort zone a little bit and says, okay, work with a different group of people, build mm -hmm. on these communication skills and do all that sort of stuff. So um, that, that, I was just curious. Anyway, um, so, and I know we, we, we've talked especially a lot on this podcast about this issue, but we're going to do it again. Why is this important? <laughs> Silence. Sorry, Kenzie, I wasn't sure if you wanted to chime in. There, there's, it's so, um, <laughs> there's so much to discuss um, when it comes down to this question. This is what we're going to be talking about for the next one minutes so um <laughs> go ahead <laughs> so um okay i guess well from my perspective and uh my own experience as i as i said earlier about the fact that it's difficult to not just break into the industry if you're somebody from an underrepresented background or also in general but as we s understand from the current demographic statistics of, of the global games industry i think um it's right now, and I don't, I don't know the accurate stats now, but um, it was less than 20%, I think, of game developers globally are um, women. And then obviously beyond that, it's a smaller portion of non-binary people. And then in the UK, I know that's where I'm based. So those stats I'm a little bit more comfortable with, but it's less than 10% of game developers are um ethnic minorities and less than 2% are black. So, you know, we're still very much a predominantly, I think, white cis industry, which is, you know, not always reflective of what the audience is, right? Uh, we know that the gamers globally are increasingly diverse and they also care about things like representation. And sometimes you want to be able to authentically portray, you know, content that's, um, that, that is uh, portraying specific subcultures. And so this is a really multifaceted challenge, right? It's because we're not just trying to increase representation within the industry from a game developer perspective, also through the content that's created. So 
Um, I think that's why it's it's important to be able to, and that, and that's what we're trying to do at, at Code Coven, right? We're trying to tackle this at, at all angles. Sign up today for the Indie Game Business Newsletter. It's a weekly source of business news curated for indie dev teams. We've got discounts on all Indie Game Business events and events from all of our partners. You get a first look at the summaries and takeaways from all of our podcasts. There's exclusive opportunities for promotions and early access to new tools for development, monetization, and more. Check it out. Sign up. PowellGroupConsulting.com slash publisher dash list. Yeah. So there was a article that came out this morning and I'm like frantically looking for it right now. As much as we hear the trolls on the internet jumping up and complaining and bitching every time something dares <laughs> bring gender or race or, or anything quote unquote political into it, there was someone just did a, a survey and it was like 66% of gamers would actively look for a socially conscious game and it broke down all these the different statistics and it was at the end of it it was like two percent will not play a game because it has social you know aspects into it games mm -hmm. are very much a part of culture in general now it's mm -hmm. not like we're just off in the basement doing our own thing anymore we're mm -hmm. in the living room doing our own thing now um it is important to to get it out there and these types of programs you know are a necessity because it is i mean i know from going and doing our own speakers it's like we work really hard to make sure that we've got a diverse group of speakers at each one of our conferences and it's not easy because you know it's there's just simply it's one of those things that representation does matter and if you don't consistently give people opportunities and let them know that they're not alone and they can do this and there's a support group it's not going to change i mean it's, it's not like that the industry just got to the point where there are more than 50 percent of gamers are, are women it's been like that for years and mm -hmm. we're, we're still not there so um it's it's, it's awesome that you all are doing that but it is it's, it's a it's very much a, a representation thing so um you're going so going into your second one what did you take away what did you learn from the first summer program that you're applying to this one yeah that is another good question um i think probably one of the biggest things that we that we took away um is that building in that time for um for how do i best describe this um Building in time for rest is something that is is incredibly important, and and we you know talk about regularly and encourage, um, but I think when you still have all of these outside um, factors of of like you said, like breaking into the industry is so difficult um, that everyone feels it and really feels like I need to be doing the best that I can because otherwise I'm not you know there's so many other people looking for the same roles, um, and and finding that even you know saying and reminding and and 
really trying to teach um, work-life balance and, and separation of, of yourself and your value from kind of the things that you create, um, that the pressures are so strong that people, you know, are excited to and want to work that extra mile and, and make that incredible product. Um, but then we also, you know, want to remember if we're constantly doing 110%, you know, that extra 10% is coming from your future self. Um, so maybe this is actually just me speaking as a former participant and like realizing that, but, um, yeah, I, I think we're, we're really going to, to kind of take that extra time to really nail down, like, what does it mean to be working healthily and, and what does production and that output actually look like and how is that affected the more and more you kind of go over time? Yeah. I mean, it, it's not just you. It's, it's, it's a very serious, and it's, in some cases, it's a case of we're our own worst enemies in this industry because we love doing this. And, you know, mm -hmm. I sit in last week, I heard several speakers talking about how you know, they work a 40, 50 hour week at their real job, but then they go home and they work on their game at night. And so mm -hmm. at that point, you're pulling a 78 hour week sometimes. It is very important to take a step back and go, okay, how can we do this effectively? And I think that's where a lot of these programs at universities and, and colleges fall flat. It's like they don't have classes in production. We know mm -hmm. they don't have classes in business and marketing. That's just, that's my personal <laughs> rant. But anyway, mm -hmm. they, this stuff isn't, isn't taught. And, you know, there's no one place in the industry we can point and say okay it's this group's fault that we have crunch you know mm -hmm. it's it's everybody from the executives down to you know the qa teams and the interns who are sitting there and looking and scorn at somebody because they want to go home and spend time with their family you know mm -hmm. it isn't something that just comes from one place and so being able to teach that um I think it's very, it's very important in being able to show that, okay, look, it's not just that you can work 60 hours a week and, and make a great game because you won't. I did it when I was younger, you know? And so, you know, what did, as you learned that yourself last summer, you know, how did you take that and apply that to the game that you were working on and, and what you've done since then? Yeah, so I know my team was especially really, interested in, in rectifying this balance that was a goal that we had set from actually day one of, of me and never met each other uh was like i want to be able to turn this you know off and i want to be proud of what i'm doing but i also want to be aware also the timing of the first program was you know very early in um quarantining and and all of the huge social and, and life adjustments that were coming from that so we were very aware of you know, our, our varying energy levels and, and pushing ourselves too hard in a, in a time when we're already spread incredibly thin. And so I think it, it was one thing that we really took away was that it's never a finished process. Like you're never going to find the exact hour and the exact way of communicating and know, you know, now I'm done, this is how we do it and we'll be healthy for the rest of, you know, the eight months of production it is continually something that you need to check in on and, and, and ask people how they're feeling and what they need because, you know, humans aren't constant. You, we, things happen. And even if life events aren't happening, your body still goes through cycles and you go, you know, through cycles and nothing is 
kind of study in the way that would make it super easy as a producer. Um, and so it, it means taking the time and investing um, your resources in genuine check-ins and having flexibility built into your development, you know, timeline from the get-go for a lot of it, you know, because so many things can happen. So I think part of, again, this issue of I need to be making things all the time because if I'm not, I'm not competitive, I won't get a job and I need a job to live. And this kind of cycles into not feeling like you know, you, you can you can take that rest because you can't afford to. And it's a very, very real issue, especially for, again, kind of a lot of these people trying to break into the industry or who don't already have all these resources. Um, and it's a very tricky thing to figure out. Um, so I think my team, especially, you know, all these all of us were going to be unemployed after we had this real kind of looming thing that we needed to deal with. But we also were like, I'm not willing to, yeah, like ruin my my health or or my day-to-day -day life kind of to achieve that. So what can we do to make that game that we need for our portfolio and for our future while also enjoying making it? You know, like happiness shouldn't come two years after making a game. You should enjoy the process, you know, day in, day out. So yeah, that's that's kind of my big rant about it. Um, but that was something that we learned a lot. No, it's a wonderful rant and I will chime in. <laughs> in a moment but first i want to let carla so what's your what's your take on that side of the, uh, on that question yeah, I, I was going to say i completely concur with with everything kenzie's just mentioned and from from my perspective uh as i was helping drive a lot of the mentor activities and i think um just the education around what the mentorship looks like you know within code coven and ensuring that mentors are really aligned with with our values is is very important to us and that they will also be integral to helping the teams um, iterate through and define what that you know development process looks like and how you can take care of yourself because they're 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 used to it right they've been they've been working in the industry they've been actively there and they've experienced the the highs and the lows of it and so I think we last year didn't have too much time since we only had a couple of months to curate the whole program to really nail down what the the mentorship process would look like I and mean, we had fantastic children i mentioned we're, we're simulating the milestone reviews but we also want to make sure that it's not that traditional publisher developer relationship that might be you know that perception of okay we're kind of like in a work for hire type thing it's it's no it's more about nurturing and and community and giving constructive feedback and ensuring that it's not at all you know, hostile or anything like that. Not that, not that it would be because within Code Coven, it's it's not. But um, just I think in terms of a takeaway, right? Just iterating through that, making sure that mentors are aligned, and I, I'm excited to see how how it'll um, transpire and pan out this year because I think we now have this fantastic group of mentors that we can pull from um, that we know have already had experience with our cohorts previously and are actively in our community. So I, I think it'll be mm -hmm. um, even bigger and better. It, it, I think Carla already knows this very well, but Kenzie, I'll just reiterate. And so, so, you know, it's not just the people that are going out there and trying to find their jobs. This is an issue mm -hmm. without being specific at 40 plus year old people who have been doing this for 20 some years and they're managing a consulting firm and a, you know, podcast conference, whatever we all do this. I mean, it's, it's, one of the 
bad parts of being in an industry that you love is you just keep doing it and doing it and you never feel like you've done enough and then it catches up with you in, in one way or another and, and you have to learn a very horrible lesson either personally or professionally because you did let it catch up with you and you didn't take those breaks so from the producer standpoint, especially with everything that the pandemic has brought and how, you know, even though we are, fingers crossed, on the way of coming out of this, what can producers do? What can team members do to to check in on other people other than just saying, because a lot of times you say, hey, so how are you doing? They're like, I'm fine, but you're not. So how can you manage your team's mental health and, and what sort of steps can you take place with your, can you put in place with your team to make sure that people are taking time to do what they need to do to take care of themselves? Yeah. Um, so I guess this is, I'll, I'll answer in my producer side in a second, but coming from my psychology degree, I would say if you're in the position, especially as a team lead or, you know, working higher up in any kind of company, um, giving your team the material resources to seek, you know, like therapy if they like it um, is, I think, probably like a number one thing, um, because obviously as as friends as teammates as coworkers, um there is a lot of material support you can provide um but if you're not a trained therapist you're not a trained therapist you know so i always recommend that enough um providing that as an option and and making it accessible um but then when it comes to production you know again thinking how how a lot of different people communicate because some people just don't want to talk how they're doing with work and and that's something you know you have to respect um but you also still want to give them a way to get what they need without having to necessarily open up and, and share if they're not comfortable um so i think i've seen a lot of people do things you know kind of having a no questions asked policy um and then also modeling that um so again if you are a, a lead on a team if you are a producer saying hey you can take a day you know at the top of the day and you don't have to say why um you should do that you know because if 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 i'm on a team and i'm seeing no one else is taking vacations i'm not going to feel comfortable doing that even if i know it's an option um so i think it's definitely a lot to ask for but that's kind of part of, of leadership is modeling modeling those options um so that, i think that'd be a good tip i don't know if you have one as well we need, to, we need to clone kinsey that's all i can say kinsey <laughs> is the most phenomenal producer that i have had the pleasure of working with and she holds me accountable but also makes me feel completely comfortable <laughs> and it's just, yes please <laughs> everybody should hire kinsey but also not because we need to keep her forever <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so there's, a, there's a comment right here from calix uh, i asked for bad news lately yeah. You know, instead of just like, how's your day? Just ask for, okay, you got any bad news? That's a, that's a little hardcore, but let, <laughs> you know, what, what do you think about that? I mean, it, it depends if, if you've got kind of, again, that team energy where you can candidly talk about bad news and understand, you know, it's no one's your responsibility to fix it, but we've all agreed and are on the same page of wanting to listen. Um, you know, getting that individual buy-in and understanding how much emotional support people can afford to give and want to give. 
Um, but if you got a space where people are like, tell me your bad news and let's just like commiserate and, and let's, you know, validate each other like that. Um, if it works, it works, you know, and then that's kind of the, the thing with production is everybody's different and, and it takes time to iterate and figure out what will actually help people. Yeah. That's my thought, at least. <laughs> she says that the answer they give gives a sense of, of how they're doing. And uh, that's a good point. I mean, it's, it's one of those things like you have to press sometimes. It's, it's a very American thing when somebody asks, so how are you, how are things doing? How are you doing? And no one really elaborates. And then when someone mm -hmm. does elaborate, you're like, whoa, wait, hold on. I didn't really wasn't ready for that, didn't care, you know, I was just being nice type thing, mm -hmm. but it is, we don't have as much of that, you know, body language and you can get a sense of how everyone's doing because you see them in the office and, you know, so there's mm -hmm. got to be other ways that you can you know, find this stuff out, you know, and so asking about it, talking about it is, is the only way you can really do it. Definitely. I think exposing vulnerability is, is something that really just humanizes us and will ultimately bring the team closer together. I definitely had that experience um, on my team at Square Enix, as an example. We would uh, often just have casual, informal discussions, especially through the pandemic. Like We all know that we're, we're all is suffering its, its ebbs and flows, and this is a time that we really need to, to communicate and connect, and especially with the people that we're spending, you know, 60, 70% or more of our time with. It's, it's important to make sure that we're just robots. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Zero Vapor brought up a good point. It's like they say, I'm always forcing my team to take paid time off. Is, is that something that you two have found works, you know, in, in the process? It's like, okay, look, you've been going for three months. You haven't had any time off absolutely take some time off or is it do you find more of the open policy about how you know, we don't count vacation days i'll admit that's that's our policy here it's like you can mm -hmm. take as many vacation days as you want i don't care you know it, it, it's it's we're, we're not counting them but the reality is people don't end up taking them mm -hmm. and and that's where that's where a lot of these issues lie. So, I mean, how do you see that balance? I mean, is it, do you recommend someone just you force it on them or is it one of those that you have to step back and let people police it themselves? Yeah, I'd say from my point of view, again, this is kind of that, that idea of, you know, what are you saying? And then what are you maybe accidentally kind of enforcing and something that I get, we're thinking a lot about and, and how to improve um, because having this take as many you know as many days as you need is on paper 100 accessible and, and a great thing to do um but yeah if you're feeling like you're not seeing other people do that then if you do that is that okay you know will people be upset with you will the work not get done and so i think part of having you know a manager that is doing effective work is a you know telling people hey you're doing great work and so b because of that I, I want you to, to take a rest and I want you to, to go do, even if it's just staying in your house still, I want you to step back because I think you're doing great work and and you should rest because of that and you should you know enjoy something and, and mix it up. Um, and similarly, if you do have that flex policy, um, you know, I remember my very first internship, 
um, my my team lead would be like, oh, I don't come in on Fridays because I want to have my Friday. And and again, I was only an intern, so it's not like I was you know holding the weight of, of our work on my shoulders. Um, but seeing someone who is in charge of kind of my work and what my workflow um, is like, be like, I want to do this because I should, and I like doing that. And so you should take time too. Made that a much easier choice um, because it felt like that was the culture that I'm seeing performed around me. So. To, to be clear, the problem over here is the fact that I don't take those time either. <laughs> so. Take a vacation. This is your it's last It's not like here. I'm taking time off and no one else is. It's like, I'm not taking it either. And then that's not necessarily a, a good thing. Yeah, um, Jay is like, well, we're working 14 hours today, but it's us. It's not just you. It's We're both doing it. And then, yeah. That was only 12 hours last week, okay? Oh. <laughs> All right, so actually more than that because we had. <laughs> yeah, and then but then Jay is like, okay, and I'm like, I got stuff I got to do. And he's like, okay, I'll handle it. So he ends up working more hours and lets me go. That's, but you need you need a break, Jay. Go, you know what? Take a month off. Okay, this is an intervention. Yeah, we really, stayed to some higher This is interview. an intervention right now. You heard it. Kinsey said it, so you got to do it. <laughs> it's true. That's not, that's not, that's not me. That's, that's, that's something different. No, it's, I know, trust me. That's, we're not <laughs> even going down that rabbit hole. All right. So let's get back to you all. The, after last year. So what would you have in an ideal, perfect world, the cohorts come out of, of this summer session and, and what's going to happen to make them just ridiculously successful and y'all are going to be so happy for everybody. What, what's the ultimate goal? I'd say our, Oh, Kenzie, go ahead. Or are you going to say something? No, no, you go. I'm oh, thinking. No, I, was, I mean, <laughs> in trying not to sound super cheesy, our goal is helping them achieve their goals. Right. So at the beginning of the program, everybody fills out a self-assessment form where we actually ask the participants to say, you know, it's five years in the future, what are you doing, right? And and so we, we get all these great stories about what, you know, people, <laughs> yeah, the studios that they're working for, the games that they publish, the conferences that they're speaking at, you know, so it's it's um, it's all very exciting. And, and so we really want to be able to support them in getting to the next step toward that, right? Um, and so that could look, it looks different for everyone. And, and we've seen it just with last year's cohort, right? We had the, the one team, or you know, go off and look for publishers. We had one team self-publish. We had some people get hired um, to work at studios. We had some people come back to you know support Code Coven, and so it it looks different with with everyone. And I think we're not going to know until we know what their goals are. Mm -hmm. That's always like that question that I absolutely can't stand. It's like, where do you want to be in five years? <laughs> not yeah. dead. The, the, um, <laughs> mm -hmm. So the, the, there's a, I mean, I don't know. The, I have a lot of questions that are, that are flipping through my brain here, but is it something, so as more of these groups come out and it's like Kinsey's team's game last year was, was published by, by Code Coven. Is, is mm -hmm. Code Coven going to continue to do that for, you know, the games that come from these projects, or is it more of, you know, part of the training is to teach them and educate them on how to find a publisher, you know, after the fact, what's, 
what's Code Coven's involvement in these projects going to be post summer session? Yes, we are in stealth mode at the moment, <laughs> thinking about how we can support um, our our alumni with um, publishing, and uh, we would absolutely continue to to support any teams that um, you know would would like to publish themselves, but might not have the resources to do so. Otherwise, we would encourage people to do it themselves if they can. Right, so we're more here acting as um, a support system, and and yes to. To become a full publisher, perhaps we'll see we'll, what what Code Coven looks like in the future. But yeah. So, and, and folks, if you've got no matter where you're watching, if you've got a question or you want to chime in with something, drop it in chat. We'll see it in our handy dandy little aggregated feed here. But what advice do you give to folks who are doing who are filling out that application and, and applying? Yeah, I'd, I'd say personally, you know, we want to to get to know you and your interests very candidly. Um, why, you know, why are you excited about this? What is it you want to change? Um, why is this the right time and the right, you know, program for you? Um, we are, of course, you know, we, we look at people's portfolios and the things that they're doing, but part of Code Coven is, you know, this community that community that we build and this group of people who really care about each other and, and care about improving, you know, everyone's lives um, in this industry. So I'd say personally, um, you know, be honest, be be yourself, be forthcoming. Um, but yeah, we 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 care a lot about um, having people who who genuinely, you know, care about each other and work on this industry. So don't be afraid to kind of let let your personal feelings and, and what really motivates you shine in that application. And it's for all aspects of development. They don't have to be mm -hmm. a programmer. If you want to go and just be on the marketing side or the community management side or the art side, I mean, are all of those disciplines open for application? Yeah, we, we're welcoming any discipline. Um, you'll see on the application, there's a couple that we like shortlisted to select. And then also from there, um, like an other to type in uh, anything beyond there. Um, so we, we've had people kind of be generalists. We've had people specifically do one kind of art. Um, it really, yeah, it just depends on what skill set you're looking to bring and work within over the summer. All right, so the applications are open. How long are they open? What's the deadline? Applications are open until May 3rd. Oh, did I just say the wrong date? Oh, no. Let me double check. I think it's May 23rd. Um, but <laughs> so we both got the lack of knowledge right now. <laughs> My brain is like, time doesn't. Time's definitely not real. So it's May 17th. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> Jay knows and we don't. Sorry. Thanks, Jim. I, I cheated. No, wait, I clicked on the application. So uh, <laughs> Yeah, I knew I put it there. That's what I was frantically searching to pull up. <laughs> All right, but see, now that we have this up, so you need a, a CV resume. Does anyone else in the world use the word resume except America? Everywhere else, it seems to be a CV. Um, a portfolio, questions about your goals, your career goals, experience, so on. Um, mm -hmm. You do need either a written form or a video application. So you don't have to have a video application? Yes, the video application is just for applicants who feel like they can express themselves. Um, yeah, better better through speech than, than writing. 
Okay, awesome. Then yeah, um, according to the website, it takes seven plus minutes to do it. So it doesn't take long. You, you get in there <laughs> and, and absolutely jump in and apply. But this is this is one of those things that you can do and learn practical stuff for the game industry. And it doesn't cost you money. They're actually going to give you a, a stipend while you do it. So we highly encourage folks to get out there and you know apply and spread the word. So, I mean, is there anything else that we can do from our side to help you all get everything out there and get everything set up? I mean, already, this has been fantastic. And I know I really appreciate it. And I've had a good time just like going on here and chatting. So I think we definitely appreciate, yeah, giving us the opportunity to, to talk about this program and, and share. I don't know if Carly, you've got other things. But... Yeah, I, I echo you, Kinsey. Thank you so much. And also, you should take a holiday. If there's something that we, <laughs> if there's something you can do for us, it's <laughs> to take a vacation, <laughs> take a day off. Um, no, but I, yeah, honestly, but just thank you. Just raising awareness about the program and, and continuing um, to support us in that way is, is, is very helpful. All right. So from the other end of the spectrum, are you all still looking for, for mentors? I mean, for the folks out there who have been doing this for a long time and just want to share what they know, can they apply on that side as well? Yes, absolutely. We accept mentor applications on a rolling basis. Um, so yes, there is a mentor form that is currently open that we can share. There are some things that might be changing soon about it. But anyway, that's, yeah, we'll, we'll, um, we'll share it with you uh, so that anyone who's interested can, can apply. Or if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to Kinsey or myself. I think you've mm -hmm. shared the socials and Kinsey. Awesome. Any any final thoughts from the two of you? Anything else you want to share? No, I mean, just thank you so much. This has been a really great time. Um, and it's exciting to hear about, yeah, all the important work you're doing as well. And I just makes it gives me faith in the industry to, to see all the really cool things people are doing. Oh, Kenzie, you're still relatively new. We'll drum that out of you sooner or later. Don't worry about it. No. <laughs> uh, take it with the industry. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Look, if if you are from an underrepresented group, you know, I'm not even going to run through the entire list because in, inevitably I will leave somebody out and get in trouble. But go and apply. We've got the post the link one more time. Um, I'll cheat and give the link directly to the form. Uh, it's quick and easy to do, and, and you have a chance of, of learning some really, really good stuff and not costing an arm and a leg to do it. Um, thank you all so much for coming on. We sent you all the alumni, all the folks in the Code Coven family. Uh, we've got you a discount to our next event, which is scheduled for so June 15th through 17th. Uh, we are signing up speakers right now. So if you want to be a speaker, go to indiegame.business and click on the speaker link and submit it. Uh, that's an ongoing thing. And we always want as many voices and as many different voices uh, mm -hmm. as we can get in that. Then and we're closing, we're closing off entrances two weeks before the conference. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, the people in the game industry, oh, there's a conference? Uh, I'll wait till like a day and a half before and yeah. then I'll sign up. Yeah, That's that, just that, what we do. 
that's that's not ever gonna happen. Um, <laughs> next week we've got Chris Baylor, who is going to be talking about the marketing side of the industry and, and marketing games, and he's done a lot of great work over the years with things like you know Borderlands and other titles that you may have possibly heard of. Uh, and he's also teaching one of our workshop plus, so you know that information is on the site as well. Uh, Andy. Discord.gg slash indie game business. That's where everything is. And this is going to be up as a podcast, anchor.fm slash indie game business. It's going to be live in just shortly, just here soon in the 30 minutes, probably. So you can go back and listen to it, or you can go if you missed this whole thing, you can watch it on Facebook, on Twitch, um, on LinkedIn. There is a ton of places to watch. And I believe that's it. Thank you so much for coming on here. We appreciate it so much. And we will see you all next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to Indie Game Business. You can learn more about the show and our online business networking events at IndieGame.Business.